seems like forever Unites of confusion Have been so long Your ship has lost anchor And the storm's got you drifting Your night's almost over You can ride out the storm Yeah, ride out the storm God is there with you Oh yes, he Jesus and ride out the storm. 
thank you, Lord. You may not feel him, oh no, but you're not alone. No, you're hurting now, but your morning is coming. I know it is. Jesus, you can ride out the storm. Are there any real Christians that know that sometimes we do have storms in our lives? Anybody willing to tell the truth that just because you say you saved and sanctified, that doesn't mean you don't still have problems sometimes? The devil doesn't get behind down or behind you sometimes? Folks don't talk about you sometimes? Sometimes you just lose your confidence. Sometimes you just lose your own strength. Sometimes you have depression. That happens. But if you have Jesus in your life, God the Holy Spirit will remind you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Just hold on to my, hold on to my hand and you can ride out the storm. He'll take you through. He'll take you through. Oh, might be some, might be some big waves along the way. The wind may blow along the way. The earth may shake along the way. But God will be right there with you every step of the way. And as the Bible often says, in due season, he'll say, peace, be still, and your storm will go away. And you know what I love about it? We're better on the other side of the storm than we were when we started with the storm. God is that kind of God. Come on, let's give him some praise on this morning. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah to his name. Father Jesus, we, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you now for another preaching opportunity. Use me as you will to your glory. Let this be preached with clarity and conviction in your name. Amen. Church family, we're going to continue on uh, this week in this, um, this sermon series, Moving Forward. It's the name of the sermon series. Um, I do, in fact, uh, let me back up and say I do want to give honor to God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. My sister and brother in Christ and the officers, members of this church, and those who are visiting, again, we thank you for being with us. Last Sunday, uh, we started this sermon series called Moving Forward. The name of the series is the Moving Forward series. Sermon number one was from Psalm 51. The name of that sermon was From Sin to Celebration. From Sin to Celebration. 
The point of that message was, was two things. Number one, Jesus Christ died and got up for the remission of our sins, for our sins to be forgiven. It's his blood that cleanses us from our sins. Therefore, when you give your life to Jesus, your sins of the past, your sins in the present, your sins of the future have already been forgiven because his blood washes away the stain and the penalty of our sins. We would die and go straight to hell if Jesus had not died for us. So because Jesus died for us and because his sin washes away our, 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 his blood washes away our sins, you don't have to live in guilt and shame about what you did in your past. And don't let the sins of your past keep you from enjoying and living and having the fullness of God's blessings in your present. Your past is your past. Jesus says, I not only forgive you, I forget them. It's as if it never happened. Now, people will remind you of what you did in your past. You may even remind yourself sometimes of what you did in your past. But here's the thing. I can't send you to heaven and hell. And those folks talking about you can't send you to heaven and hell. Your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said when he forgives you, you are forgiven and it is forgotten. So don't you let the sins of your past keep you from enjoying your presence. Now, the second thing about that, too, is stop holding other folks' sins from their past against them. See, we want to be forgiven. We want God, and, we, and we believe God forgives us, but we can always look across-eyed at somebody else. And see, we always remember, well, I, yeah, I know what you used to be. Yeah, we know what you used to be, too. All of us are forgiven. The key to it is giving your life to Jesus Christ. If, you, if you've given your life to Jesus, you can move from sin to celebration. What are you celebrating? You're celebrating the joy of the Lord. You're celebrating that your sins have been forgiven. You're celebrating that you have the opportunity to go to heaven when you die. You're celebrating the goodness of the Lord to you right now, right? Because even though I'm saved, I ain't perfect. Amen now. I'm not perfect because I'm saved, but God said he would still forgive me if I ask him. I can't be perfect, but according to the word of God, I can be blameless. That's why we confess our sins to the Lord daily. Amen. This today, this message today is from the 34th Psalm, verses 1 to 9. The second message in this moving forward sermon series is from Psalm 34, verses 1 through 9. Very, very familiar passages of Scripture, some Scriptures. Many of you probably could recite them. You know them so well. This is a, a Psalm of David. It's a Psalm of David. And um, let us look at this 34th Psalm together. This is what it says. I'm going to read this from the, um, I'm going to read it from the, from, the, from the King James. Most people probably have the King James. It says, blessed, excuse me, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Verse 2, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. No, verse 3, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, they looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Verse 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him 
and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord encampeth, that means surrounds about them that fear him, and the angel delivereth them. Verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him, who? The Lord. Finally, verse 9, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Let me read that same verse 9 from the, um, from the New International. This is what it says in the New International, verse number 9. It says, um, let me find it here. It says, take, it says this, it says, Fear the Lord, you his saints. Listen, for those who fear him lack nothing. Amen. We're going to talk just for a few minutes, church family. We're going to reason together from this thought. Moving from bad fear to good fear. Moving from bad fear to good fear. You all may not have heard of this person, but there is a woman named Stormy. That's her first name, S-T-O-R-M-I-E. Stormy R. R. Martin. Stormy R. Martin is a best-selling Christian author. She has sold literally tens of millions of books worldwide. She released a book in 2017 called The Power of Praying Through Fear. That was the name of her book released in 2017. The Power of Praying Through Fear. In her book, Stormy said she spent the first 30 years of her life living in fear. Why? Because there were several terrifying events and experiences that had happened to her as a little girl, and she didn't have anybody to talk to and help her process and work through these things that happened to her. She was the victim of different types of abuses as a child. Uh, um, in her book, Stormy writes about several different types of fears, but, but I've divided her fear categories into to two major areas, bad fears and good fears. Stormy says there are some types of fear that we experience that are not of God. For example, the fear of suffering. Some of us don't want to suffer for anything. We, we get saved and we want life to be a bed of roses. Life is better when we're saved. The best life we could ever have is a saved life. But God didn't promise us that every day was going to be sunny now. Not on this side of eternity. But some, that's one type of fear. Some of us, uh, there's the fear of death. Amen. That's, that's human nature. We understand that. Some of us still have that fear of death. If you're saved, we should get to a point that you know, we don't want to die before our time. We don't know what that is, but we shouldn't fear death because why? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But, but that is a fear for some people, the fear of death. And if you're not saved, you really should fear death. Then there's the fear of rejection. Then there's the fear of evil. Then there's the fear of the future. Some of us can't do anything because we're so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. we all torn up. We can't make any plans. We don't do anything because we're so, we're so afraid about tomorrow. But, but God told us, don't worry about tomorrow. He says sufficient is the problems of today. You know, tomorrow will take care of itself if he allows us to see tomorrow. So anyway, th those are some of those fears. These are all examples of what I call bad fear. But Stormy also writes that there are some types of fear that God allows us to have. The example Stormy gives is, she said, God has put in us the ability to sense danger or trouble before something happens. 
And you know, we got that. Sometimes, don't, don't you know sometimes you just kind of get a feeling something ain't quite right? It may not be danger like your physical life. For example, you go on the internet and you see some offer for something or something you want to buy and it wants you to put in some information, right? And you look at it and you look at it. Something in you says, I don't think I need to put my social security number in here, Brother Jesse. You know, I don't think I need to give up my phone number. I don't, no, I don't need to give them my passcode. You know, whatever it is, God has put that in us to have uh, the ability to sense some types of danger uh, or, or, or trouble before they happen. And then Stormy said, she says that there's a fear that God wants us to have. This is the fear that makes us treat God with the intentional reverence and holy respect that he rightly deserves. The fear God wants us to have is the fear that makes us treat him, makes us engage with God with the intentional reverence and the holy respect that he rightly deserves. So now we have the fear that God allows us to have and the fear that God wants us to have for him. Both of these are examples of what I call good fear. So you got bad fear and you got good fear. There's a sentence in the foreword of Stormy's book that I believe is the foundation of everything else in her book. Stormy says, we can't live the life God has for us if we are controlled by our fears. We can't live the life that God has for us if we are controlled by our fears. Stormy tells us that we need God's strength to overcome our fears. And then she reminds us of what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, that God has not given us his righteous saints. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but instead he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. As I read Stormy R. Martin's book, it, it makes me consider what David says here in Psalm 34. David talks about moving from bad fear to good fear. Now, it may not seem like it, but stick with me. You go back to this. It's right here in these nine verses. In Psalm 34, David talks about bad fear and good fear. That might not have been David's intention when he wrote the psalm, but that's what he does. Let me give you uh, a couple of examples, and I'm going to jump around this psalm a little bit in order to make my point, but, but let's begin with verse number four. Let's begin with verse number four. David the shepherd boy who became the king of Israel, David says in verse number four, he said, I sought the Lord. That means I went looking for him. That meant I, I cried out to him. And he, the Lord, answered me. And he, the Lord, delivered me from all of my fears. I submit to you that in verse number four, those fears David is talking about there, those are bad fears. Those are bad fears. How do you know they're bad fears? Well, it just makes sense. I think we'll all agree if if, if David is talking about bad fears because he wouldn't have asked the Lord to deliver him if they were good fears, right? He said, I sought the Lord. I went after, I, I was seeking the Lord. I, I was crying out to the Lord because I wanted him to deliver me. He said he heard me and then he delivered me of all my fears. We don't need the Lord to deliver us from good stuff. We need the Lord to deliver us from bad stuff. Most of us know enough about David to know that there were reasons and seasons that he needed God to deliver him from bad fears. Let me say that again. Most of us know enough about David to know that there were reasons and seasons when he needed God to deliver him from bad fears. Give me, let me give you some examples. After David killed the Goliath, 
Goliath was a Philistine, or Philistine, some people say. After David killed him, we think that was the end of the story. David killed him, cut off his head, he celebrated, and happily ever after. No, not, not at all. The Philistines plotted and, to kill David, and they made up their minds, the rest of the folks in the nation, they said the first time we get our opportunities to get our hands on that boy, we're going to kill him. So he had the Philistines, he had a whole nation of people who wanted to kill him. While David was serving King Saul in the palace, playing the playing the, not the, the harp. He was playing the harp for King Saul. And King Saul, the Bible says, a, a spirit would come upon him. And he tried to kill David several times after he was, while he was serving the king in the kingdom. Amen. After David and his, David had become the king and he took his men uh, on several battles and while they were away on one battle, in one place he had left the wives and the children and all their property in one place and and um, these, these Amalekites came, and they swept into the camp, and they took all the wives and took all the children and took all their possessions, and they took them up to a place called Ziglag. And the men got mad with David. David's own men got mad with him, and they said out loud, we're going to kill you. So here's another time that David needs the Lord to deliver him from bad fears. The honest people here this morning knows that sometimes we are just like David. In other words, we have reasons and we have seasons of bad fear. Don't be cute now. Don't be cute. You get scared sometimes about different things too. Go to the doctor tomorrow and let him give you a bad report. Uh-huh. Let somebody, let somebody that, uh, that you haven't heard from for a while from some past event in your life that you thought was all forgotten about, and they call you and say, uh-huh, I've been looking for you for the last 10 years. I finally found you. I know where you are. Amen. Don't, don't act like we don't have things that come up sometimes that make us. Let them tell you tomorrow at work we're going to lay off uh, 200 people by next week, and we can't tell you who it's going to be. Might be any of y'all. Don't tell me you won't get a little nervous and have some fear behind that, especially if you know we're near retirement, you need that job. So all of us, like David, we have reasons and seasons that we need God to deliver us from bad fears. But, but, but when we are afraid, we, uh, um, you know, we, we need to go back like David did, and we need to seek the Lord. Amen. Amen. We need to seek the Lord. And when we seek the Lord, God will hear us, and he will answer us, and he will take us out of those bad fears. You know, like I said, we get, we get these all kinds of situations that may come up in our lives unexpectedly. But you know what? Things that are news to us, they're old news to God. Yeah, it might be a news flash to me, but it's old news to God. God already knew it before it happened. He's just waiting to see how am I going to respond once it happens. If God had not given his saints a spirit of bad fear, how do we move from bad fear to good fear? We should do what David did. And here's point number one. Only two points in this message. Here's point number one. Seek the Lord through prayer and praise. That's what David did. How do we move from bad fear to good fear? Only two points to this message. Here's the first one. Seek the Lord through prayer and praise. David said he sought the Lord, and the Lord heard him and delivered him. We know David has some sin issues, but in spite of that, 
in David's heart, he always wanted to please God. Yeah, David had some sin issues. David did some stuff that was real jacked up. But in spite of that, the Bible says, it's not Edwin's opinion, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, even at his worst, he still in his heart always wanted to please God. Don't you let bad fear stop you from crying out to the Lord Jesus. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, it's his blood that makes us righteous. And because we're righteous, we can cry out to God and he will hear and answer our prayers. I know that's right, because if you look at verse number six, go to verse number six in this same way. David says, and it says in the NIV, says he called out to the Lord and the Lord heard him and saved him of all his troubles. Amen. Not some of his troubles, all of his troubles. And then in the same 34th Psalm, verse 17, it says, the righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all of their trouble. The righteous, you and me, we're righteous because we're saved. We're not righteous because I, I was so good this past week. I'm not righteous because I didn't have a bad thought all last week. I'm not righteous because I may not have stumped my toe and said a, a four-letter word that's not English and not French either. You know, we say, excuse my French. There ain't no French. That's not why I'm righteous. I'm righteous because I have enough sense to humble myself and recognize that there's a most high God. His name is Jehovah. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I trust and depend on his righteousness and not my own. So because I'm righteous, I can cry out. And when I cry out, I ain't making this up. Read it for yourself. Psalm 34, verse 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. Righteous people are not perfect people. Righteous people are people that, that, that trust the Lord, and we depend on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me keep moving. After Jesus brings us out of our trouble, we need to give him all the glory we can. Now, I said, point number one, when you're moving from bad fear to good fear, number one, seek the Lord through prayer and praise. So after he delivers us, we need to give him all the glory that we can, just like David did. Look back at verses one through four. When Jesus brings us out of our trouble, amen, we need to bless his name. When Jesus brings us out of our trouble, we need to praise his name. When Jesus brings us out of our trouble, we need to boast. We need to brag about the goodness of the Lord. We ought to tell everybody that'll listen just how good it is. When Jesus brings us out of our trouble, we need to magnify his name. Magnify means to exaggerate. Oh, you ought to just brag on God so good, people ought to think you lying. God can't be that good. Yes, he is. And he's even better than what I'm saying. Yeah, when, 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 when Jesus brings us out of trouble, we need to exalt his name. That means we need to lift up the name of Jesus. Verse 5 says, when, when the righteous look to the Lord for help, we won't be ashamed or confused because we're moving from bad fear to good fear. Amen. I've been talking about bad fear. Now let's talk about good fear. The fear that the Lord, the fear of the Lord is good fear. In verse number seven, Psalm 34, verse number seven, David says, the angel 
of the Lord encamps. That means he completely surrounds people that feared him. And the Lord delivers people that fear him. That the Lord will deliver us because we fear him. Now, let me go back. Some Bible scholars say the angel of the Lord uh, is Michael, the archangel. That, that could be true. Some Bible scholars say the angel of the Lord is any one of the archangels. That could be true. Some Bible scholars even say the angel of the Lord is actually Jesus Christ who came and manifested himself as an angel before he came to the world in a fleshly body. That may or may not be true. It doesn't matter. I'm glad anytime the angel of the Lord shows up. I don't care if it's Michael. I don't care if it's Jermaine. I don't care if it's Tito. I don't care if it's Randy, any of them five. As long as the angel of the Lord shows up, I'm a happy camper. To God be the glory. Amen. So, so verse number seven, David says, the angel of the Lord completely surrounds people that fear him. And because he, we fear him, he will deliver us. Amen. I said earlier that we should have a good fear of the Lord. Let me get to my last and final point. Here's point number two. We should treat Jesus with the reverence. With, we should treat Jesus with reverence and respect. We should treat Jesus Christ with reverence and respect. Jesus is holy. He's a holy God. And he's a righteous God. And we should never forget to honor his holiness when we engage with him. Jesus is, is uh, he's, 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 the Bible says that we Gentiles, because the Lord saw fit to let us have part in salvation, says that now we have become the brothers of the sons and daughters of God, and now we are joint heirs, and if you will, spiritually speaking, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. But let me say this, even your brother or your sister back in the day, if that was your older brother or sister, you showed him or her respect. We need to show Jesus respect. Jesus ain't our boy on the corner. Jesus ain't our ride and die. I mean, he will ride and die with us, but that is not the way we should see him. We should always reverence Jesus Christ because he's holy and he's righteous. Amen. Before we get saved, we might not know any better, but after Jesus saves us, our spiritual eyes are open. We should be able to look back over our lives and thank Jesus for all the times he showed us love. All the times he showed us grace. All the times he showed us mercy long before we gave our lives to him. Come on now, it's time to stop playing, church. Some of us know right now if Jesus hadn't showed you love, grace, and mercy before you got saved, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. You might not be dead. You might be over in Caledonia or older somewhere. You might be somewhere not knowing that you were in the world because Jesus was good to you long before we decided to love him. He was good to us long before we decided we would turn around and give our lives to him. Oh, Jesus was so good to us. Jesus was even being good to me when I was living in all the sin I wanted to because of somebody else's prayers for me. Not just, just not, I wasn't even praying, but my mama was praying for me. My daddy was praying for me. Big mama was praying for me. Papa was praying for me. Papa didn't have but a two, a second grade education, but he knew how to go down on his knees and call on the name of Jesus, and something would happen. He said, Lord, take care of that boy. Yeah. 
we, need, we should treat Jesus always with reverence and respect. I don't want you to take my word for it. Let me share a few scriptures that tell us that we should have a good fear of the Lord. Proverbs 10, verse 27. Listen now. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 10 and 27, that's what it says. Proverbs 19 and 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Listen, and not just any life, that more abundant life, okay? The fear of the Lord leads to life. Listen now, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. That's what you get when you fear the Lord. Proverbs 128 verse 1, how blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You can't get any clearer than that. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord? Everyone who has reverence and respect for the Most High God. Proverbs 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God knows we need wisdom. We need wisdom in every area of our life. We need wisdom in our marriages. We need wisdom when we're single. We need wisdom on our job. We need wisdom in our home. We need wisdom everywhere we go. Not just educated wisdom. We need godly wisdom. We need divine wisdom. You know, that God lets us see some things that unsafe folk can't see. Gives us understanding they don't have because it comes from him. If we fear man, we have a lack of understanding. If we fear the devil, we have a lack of faith. As followers of Jesus Christ, our only fear should be a good fear of Jesus because we know Jesus has all power over man, bird, and beast in heaven and on earth. We shouldn't, we shouldn't fear Jesus because we are afraid of him. We should fear him because we love him. We shouldn't fear Jesus because we're afraid of him. We should fear him because we love him. And we owe him all the praise. We owe Jesus all the honor. We owe Jesus all the glory that we can give. Amen. Let me finish this and I'll get on out of the way. Verse number eight says, we should taste and see that's a food reference, but it means we should, we should take the Lord at his word. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That means we should take him. We should, listen, not only should we take him at his word, we should try him. Amen. Not only should we take him at his word and we should try him, we should test him. Take the Lord at his word. Amen. We should try the Lord and we should test him. And if we do, we will learn that when we take refuge in the Lord into, is, is to, uh, to trust the Lord and completely, uh, completely depend on him. When it says to take refuge in the Lord, it means that we trust the Lord and we completely depend on him. Then verse 9 says that we should, says we should encourage everybody to give their lives to Jesus. Verse 9 says we should encourage everybody to give their lives to Jesus. David said that when the saints of God have a good fear of him, we will lack nothing. When you fear the Lord, when you have an intentional reverence and holy respect for Jesus, when you listen to him, 
when you love him, when you do your best to be obedient, you're not going to get it right all the time. He doesn't expect that. He wants you to be like David. He wants us to be like David. He wants us to have a heart that wants to be pleasing to him. He says when we do that, we will lack nothing. What does he mean by nothing? He means nothing. He means nothing. Whatever it is you need, God has got it. Don't we say that? Whatever you need, God's got it. So I don't lack anything when I have a good fear of the Lord. Why? Remember that God will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Through Buddha, no. Through Muhammad, no. Through the Iman, no. He's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus, the very one that we're supposed to have a fear of. Amen. The saints of God should have a good fear of the Lord. If we need peace, fear the Lord. If we need joy, fear the Lord. If we need healing, fear the Lord. If we need love, grace, and mercy, justice, fear the Lord. If we need money, yeah, I said it, money. If you need money, fear the Lord. If you want a wife, fear the Lord. If you want a husband, fear the Lord. If you got good sense, you probably stay single. No, I ain't going to say that. 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 But the Bible does say, listen now, in all sincerity, you know, we take this one passage of Scripture out of context. You know, everybody says, uh, the, it says, uh, he, um, the, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that's true. But the key to that, it says, he who finds a wife, right? What does that mean? That means you got to be looking. That means you got to be looking. Now, if you ain't looking, you cool too. It's up to you. If you're looking and you want a wife or a husband, fear the Lord. But if you're single, still fear the Lord. Amen. If we want God to use us to bless other people, fear the Lord. The saints of God have a divine right to move from bad fear to good fear because Jesus Christ paid the price. Jesus Christ paid the price so we can bust a move. Y'all remember that song? Just bust the move. Oh, y'all so holy. Y'all so holy. Y'all so. And I, and I know doggone well some of y'all back in the day, y'all were trying to bust the move too. Just like the song said. I know you was. But you done got saved and sanctified now. I don't know what in the world Reverend Horsey talking about. Don't let him play that song though. Jesus Christ paid the price for us to be able to move from bad fear to good fear. That's, all, that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. We need to do two things, two things, two things. If we want to move from bad fear to good fear, two things we need to do. First thing we need to do is seek the Lord through prayer and praise. And number two, we should always treat Jesus with reverence and respect. If somebody died for you, don't you think you would owe him or her something? They died in your stead. It's, it's beyond money because there's no value on what it costs somebody to give up his life or her life for your life. Well, Jesus did that. Y'all know he did. 
Now, the question is, do you believe it? I believe he did. Sonny, I believe that they took him to Pilate's Judgment Hall. I believe they beat him almost within a, a, a breath of his life. I wasn't there, but I do believe that they made him carry that 300-pound cross most of the way up Galgotha's rugged hill. I believe it. I believe that happened. I believe when he got to the top of that hill, I believe that they put those, 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 uh, those, those train rail stakes in his hand and in his feet to keep him on that cross. Because he was thinking about me when he went up on that cross. I believe that Jesus let them pierce him in his side and out came blood and water. I believe that nobody took Jesus' life. They didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave up his life because he told us no man was going to take his life. He said, I give up my life for you and for me. Amen. I believe that he dropped his own head on his shoulder and he whispered the words, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I believe that happened. I believe that they put him in that borrowed tomb. I believe he stayed there the rest of Friday. I believe that he stayed there Saturday morning, noon, and night. I believe he went down into the lower parts of the world. Bible says he took the keys from the devil and set the captives free. I believe he did all that. Most of all, I believe DeVito, they're early on Sunday morning. Early on that Sunday morning. I believe Jesus got up with all power in his hands. In heaven, on earth, under the earth. I believe it. You believe what you want to believe. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. And I believe he has the power to do everything he promised in his word. If I'll do two things, humble myself, tell him I'm sorry for my sins, ask him to be my Lord and Savior, and then after I do that, trust him, trust him, church family, trust him, trust Jesus. Don't trust our government. And I'm not saying that because who's the president? I ain't about that. I wouldn't care who's the president. My confidence is not in who's in the White House. My confidence is on the one that sits on the throne on the right hand of God. Trust Jesus. Don't trust your money. It might run out. Don't trust your health. It can fail. Amen. Don't trust your education because you can't know it all. And you might come upon a situation where you don't know the right information. You might have a PhD, but it could be in the wrong thing. It still ain't doing you no good. Don't trust your brother or your sister. Not that they wouldn't help you all their care, but there comes a point where brothers and sisters and mom and daddy can't do but so much for us because they're human just like us. If nothing else, they get tired. Trust Jesus in everything and then do your best do your best do your best to obey him now don't you can lie to me all day long I'm a sucker I might believe it but you can't lie to him you know there's two people you can't lie to you can't lie to the Lord and you can't lie to yourself you can't lie to yourself I don't know if what you're doing Evelyn it's your best to be obedient to the Lord. But God knows and you know. Do your best 
to be obedient. Trust him and obey him. And if we do those two things, God said, I'll take care of the rest of it. I'll take care of the rest of it. Because all I need to know is that no matter what happens, you know that you're dependent on me. I got all the power to handle the rest of it. I just need to know that you trust me. Amen? If there's somebody here today that has not asked the Lord Jesus,